Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 155. Yeah. 155 in the house. And we are back with a reaction video. <laughs> I love how your voice just elevates on those. So here, here's the thing. Well, do I say here's the thing a lot? Yeah, here's the thing. I think I do. I, I, I'm kind of tired. I mean, I knew a guy that would always be like, here's the bottom line. So I tried avoiding that. But, you know. Everybody yeah. picks up their own... Uh, their own thing. If I could say. get like out of my vocabulary, I'd be happy with that. That'd be good. Um, yeah, I, I wonder. I, I've ca- I've caught myself saying like, certain things over and over as like my little catchphrase. I can't remember all, what they all are right now. But like my in laws always say, "You know it." Like after every you couple of it. sentences, it's like, "Wait, yeah, your wife says that too." Day, you know it. Does she? Yeah. Uh, she picked it up from them. Okay. But okay. we make we not make fun of them, but we tease them about that. But yeah, it's it's you know it. The worst is I say, "All right." All right. And I don't know if I did it on the podcast, but when I was teaching, I remember, you know, your first year, like everybody's mean to you, right? Mm, not to me. Okay. Well, they were to me. I don't know. I was 23, I, whatever. And I had kids that would do tally marks every time I say, all right. So at the end of the class, they would turn in their sheets. It was, ugh, drove me crazy. No, that's good. I actually had a master teacher. That was good? I, yeah. I said, I said like several times during one of my, my lectures when I was a uh, student teaching and my master teacher was like, I just said it right now. My master teacher came to me and, and said, like, do you want to fix this? And I said, yeah. And she says, ask a student that you trust in the class to keep a tally mark and think about it. And just by cognitively thinking about the fact that you're saying it, someone's keeping track, it's going to help reduce the number of times you say it. So anyways, this isn't a speech yeah. podcast. <laughs> I know, so, I know. Uh, people are like, people have turned off the podcast. What are, what are we going to be uh, reacting to today? So I thought I, we would do something kind of different. Now, we're always looking for ideas, but I thought, you know, I found some old school eBay like footage. They say like, I just said it. All right. And, you know, it is eBay's 25th anniversary. Yeah. What is that? The golden, the silver anniversary? It's one of those. Anyways. And I thought, hey, why don't we see where, how how far has eBay come along since then? Yeah. Right now. Celebrate the the golden days of eBay. Yeah. Okay. The golden days that we weren't a part. Well, I was kind of a part of it. I would say in 1999 and 2000. Well, I, I don't want to take a trip down memory lane. I want to do a reaction to video. So there's there's three videos here. One video is uh, an interview. It's a quick snippet from the guy that bought the first item on eBay. Nice. Another one is Pierre Odemi. I always mess up it. Pierre O. Media. Okay. And he's the guy that founded eBay, right? And the news report will say it better. And so he talks, he talks about the feedback system and all that. And then there was a 60 minutes report that came out in 2002. And so I thought we should, we could break that down and just take a look at it. Because, and this isn't just a commentary. We hope this brings you value because my, my intention behind this was we could talk a lot about why did eBay change and how did that change as a sellers and why are there good best practices within those changes we should be implementing now as sellers on the platform. Yeah, we've got to make it practical. And valuable. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing, right? Practical, valuable. No, something can be practical, but not necessarily valuable. Yeah, but if it's practical, it's valuable. Not necessarily. I don't know. Okay, what do you think? Don't tell us in the comments. It's not worth your time. All right, so starting, we're going to start off with the very first purchase ever made on eBay. Yeah, history. Hi, Pierre. Hi, Devin. My name is Mark oh, Fraser, no and I've got a story for you. Back in about 1995, I was on the road doing quite a lot of presentations, and I'd seen a couple of laser pointers, and I thought, boy, I want one of those. 
They cost I used to like one as a kid too. I couldn't oh, afford one. Hundred dollars certainly wasn't going to go for it. New bank. But I'm an electronics geek, so I thought I'd build one. So I acquired a, a laser diode from one Why of our electronics Why did we choose a lake background? And went about designing a circuit to uh, make it work. Then I discovered that they put out a conical diverging beam, and this just wasn't going to work. Ooh, Somebody science. pointed me at a brand no new website, which turned out to be eBay. And I was amazed to discover a broken laser pointer that was listed. And I thought, hey, I can probably make that work. I have to say, that was only the beginning of a long eBay career, which is still going on to this day. I'm still acquiring things. I'm quite proud of my 2,000 plus purchases and my 100% positive feedback on eBay. Last That's the kind of buyer you want. Yeah, I wonder if I've ever sold anything to him. Wouldn't that be cool? Like... I guess. I don't no, know. No, that'd be awesome if like I sold an item to the first eBay customer ever. I know. Well, I think that laser pointer, that broken laser pointer is like in display. I think Doug told us it was in display at the eBay headquarters, which hopefully one day we'll be able to tour. That'd be cool. So they did offer it up. It just there's this thing that happened, this thing called the pandemic. Yeah. Kinda kinda stops us. Now, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, think about before that, where would you get a laser pointer? A broken laser pointer nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I grew up in a time when you can go to you can get a laser pointer from the an ice cream man or from what a ninety nine cent store. <laughs> what are you uh, talking? So, oh, oh, that's right, that's right. I'm ten years older yeah, than you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, sorry. Yeah, the, the technology. I'm like, where are you going with this? The ice cream man. The technology had gotten cheap enough by the time I was uh, uh that would have mattered for me, I guess. But yeah, I can imagine. Like e- even going back, like I remember I had uh, a guy that I knew. I was like a second cousin or something like that. And he owned uh, one of the first, like when DVD players first came out, right? He's like, oh, yeah. this is going to be the next big thing. And he would like, he paid, I paid 300 bucks for my first DVD player. Yeah. And it's like, I can imagine. And now you can get DVD players for like $14.99 on Amazon. And it's probably 10 times the quality of the other ones, right? Like technology advances so quickly, um, which a lot of times is why maybe patience is a good thing. When you see new technology come out, like, you know, it's like, oh, virtual reality. This is so cool. Maybe wait like five years and it'll be half the price and twice as good. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think the internet, I mean, kind of just starting out as a place where people could buy things, it it makes sense. I mean, if you, before that technology was widespread, uh, before, yeah, you could just go and get one. Um, I I could see why, I mean, it's interesting that he looked it up and was able to find, hey, there's somebody that's selling this online because I wonder how many people were buying things online prior to eBay. Well, and I don't remember, I remember the stores to go to were, there were service like Radio service. Mer- Do you remember service merchandise? No. Oh man, service merchandise was like a catalogs. It was like a catalog you could see, but you can go inside the store and there was a catalog in the store. Hmm. It was kind of interesting, and there was a lot of cool gadgets. But you know, there was like Circuit City, and and yeah, there was Radio Shack. But to find a deal, like you were kind of stuck, right? And the reason I bring up Mark Fraser, the for the first person to ever buy anything on eBay, is that those buyers are still there, right? Like if you're getting new into reselling. You can sell broken stuff all the time, and you can sell it for good money. I mean, I, 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 some of my biggest sales have been items that were for parts. I mean, I have sold like espresso machines that I didn't bother testing that somebody was looking for. So, don't, don't. It's still the same clientele. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna no? say it kind of seemed like a non sequitur when you kind of went from the the original customers are still there. You can sell broken stuff, but I guess I can kind of see what you're saying. <laughs> what do you mean? You can't. eBay is where you can sell pretty much anything. But I don't know how that connects to the fact that like the original customers from 25 years ago are still buying things that are broken. 
Eh, I guess I could see how it. No, it's it's eBay. eBay to me has not changed. Like you can you can't you can't buy anything broken on Amazon, right? You can you can buy used stuff, but if it's broken, you can't. I mean, technically, you can't even sell a VCR if it's missing the remote. People do it all the time, right? And this is this is what I love about eBay is that eBay still gives you the ability. And we'll talk about this later on. And again, I'm not here to. We're not a eBay, you know, what do you call those like commercial? We're not we're not an eBay commercial, but if you're a reseller and or if you're new to selling it and you're seeing everybody picking up all brand new stuff and doing retail arbitrage, there's so many more so many. There there are some people I know that they just sell broken stuff. Like and what they do is they'll take it and they'll part it out and their entire store. They can fit their entire store in a regular, you know, a bedroom because it's all parts and and they have it all in little drawers and little in a tool chest and that's what they do. So, anyways, I do. I think I think it's interesting because you know it, there's a, you know we've talked about the myth that it was about Pez dispensers and and all that stuff, but yeah, I, I it's kind of ironic. Is I don't know if ironic is the right word that it was something broken. That sold on eBay, which again tells you that you can sell whatever you want on eBay, yeah. pretty much. That's intriguing. Unless it's a CPAP machine or something like that. Yeah. All right, let's go to our next clip. For using the website. Today, eight months later, there are nearly 69 million, and they spend $59 million every day. And eBay CEO Meg Whitman says it's only the beginning. I think it is a really innovative and unique concept that fundamentally is a better way to buy and sell. I think we have the potential to fundamentally change um, the way people do things. I think that's a fundamentally good point she made there. (laughs) Well, here's there's a few things. So being that you're a youngster, do you know Meg Whitman ran to be the governor of California? I do. Okay. And she just started this new business called Quibi. Do you know what Quibi is? Uh Uh-uh. So it's, it's well, the fact that you don't know is because it's, <laughs> so there literally is this, there's a site that they're trying to make super quality videos. Like they hired like very, you know, they hired, Oh, I have, I've seen ads for it. Yeah. They hired all these A-list actors and they put together these shows that are supposed to be like 10 minutes and yeah, it's not working out. Like it was supposed to boom in the pandemic. But again, the, the only reason I say that is Meg Whitman's always been an entrepreneur and I don't know, you know, what she thinks about stuff like that, but. It did. It did transform things. I, I remember back in '99 when I was in college, my buddy, you know, going to thrift stores in Chicago, and I've shared this a lot of times. And I remember he's like, "Here, Ronaldo, come along, go go to the thrift stores." And I remember him buying Gap jeans, Abercrombie jeans, stuff for three bucks, and flipping them for fifty dollars. I was like, "This is like who who does this? Right? The only place you ever understood that do, did these kind of things." Was maybe the Swami flea market? Did you ever go to a flea market or Swami back in the day? Oh yeah, as a, as a kid, man, I loved it. I went all the time. When I got my first job in a car, I was there every every chance I could get. Yeah, but I I, I don't think it's it's a primary, like the entire population does that, right? No, for right. Sure. I mean, I I would say growing up, I didn't know many people that did. But to me, eBay feels like you're not like you're going to the store, but it doesn't feel like you're you're going, nah, there's anything wrong going to Swami to the flea market, but it's a different feel. Maybe. And then the other thing that's kind of interesting too, like my parents got into eBay when it kind of first started getting really popular. Um and I remember 
Around that time was when Weird Al Yankovic came out with his Weird I Bought It on Al. eBay store. Do you remember that song? No, he had a song about eBay. Oh man, we've got to, we, we have to do a we reaction to Bring him to that. back, bring him back as, as a spokesperson of eBay. Man, it was great. And so, yeah, the whole concept is buying something on eBay or I'm something. looking that up right it, now. It, it's an amazing video. But that's how you know that it was getting really popular in culture is when, you know, a, a satirist or a humorist is all the to like, OG eBay sellers right now are totally resonating with you. <laughs> I've heard this before. Okay. So what, what was it? What was it again? Um, I mean, I, I don't remember what it was, what the exact name of the video was or what the content of the song was, oh, but wow. it was weird. I just pulled it up. Um, yeah. Bought it on eBay. I'm going to read the, the, can I read the lyric Do real it. quick? Uh, should we play it? Can we? Is there a way to insert this um, after the fact? After production? All right. Yeah. Hold on one second. Ready, set, pause. All right. So what we're gonna do? Um, we're not gonna actually put the video up. We'll put a link down in the description below. But we'll play a little clip of the song for you. Um, if you've never heard the eBay song by Weird Al, which I can't believe Orlando has not, being that he's an eBay no. seller. Look at all the value we're bringing you on this podcast. Yeah. All right. So we'll listen. Did to, you know? We'll listen to a little bit of it and then. Uh, and then we'll move on. And hopefully we don't get this video taken down for copyright or something. So here we go. <laughs> yeah. Little, little, yeah. Little Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. Oh my. A used pink bathrobe. Alright, other, other youngsters have no idea who Weird Al is. Globe, a Smurf. TV tray. And that's what eBay was. You just bought random stuff on eBay in the day. My house is filled with this crap. I like this better than the original, though. Yeah. Just, just, just part of me. I don't know. Most every day. That's hilarious. All right. So, yeah, if you haven't seen the whole thing, uh, you got to go on and check that out. And if now Mike and I debated was there a real video, because we looked, we wanted to put it on here, but like a music video. Yeah. It, it seems like there's just like lyric videos or uh, people have made like pictures and stuff, but I don't think there was a, an actual official music video, but it, it's an hilarious song. Um, and maybe one day we'll, we'll go into more of the pop culture of it or whatnot. But, uh, anyways, yeah. So that just goes to show you can buy anything on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's we, what brought it up. We so sidetracked on this one. Not really. We were talking about the popularity of eBay at the time, right? When it was yeah, growing. True, and true, then true. the fact that people bought just the most random things. Like now I feel like people, eBay is a little bit more official and, and you'd buy like legitimate things that you might go to Walmart or Target to buy. But back in the day, it was like, hey, I've got this like uh, Smurf, you know, TV tray. Like, uh, you know, I'm going to sell it on eBay. And someone's like, oh, I love the Smurfs. Like my mom was really into, um, you know, what, what were the carousel horses? And my dad really liked, you know, certain like so different. Like if you were really into like a little niche thing, uh, you could just find people's uh, random junk on eBay was kind of right, well, broken uh, laser pointers. Hopefully we don't get a YouTube strike. Yeah. But that, that was I think it was worth it. We <laughs> won't right. get a strike on the podcast side. Yeah. Hopefully not. True. All right. So speaking of that. So eBay is kind of interesting because even though, like, you see, what is it? I think it was like 80% of what's sold on eBay is brand new. It's only, we're only like 20% of the community, right? So obviously things have shifted, right? But that, I think that's the beauty of it. And the fact that if you're a reseller, right, you can do retail arbitrage, but you can also do use. I mean, I do it all the time and I really do believe it helps your store because if you can find those items that you can flip quick, that people are looking for, it keeps things triggered and the, and the, the algorithm triggered. 
and allows you to get that continuous business. So maybe it's something you want to think about. I've heard heard people say having cheaper, low cost RA items that are new that people are looking helps your store. So just something to think. I want to I want to bring that value into this podcast. Yeah. And Weird Al. All right. Here we go. eBay seems to have tapped into something uniquely American and entrepreneurial. It's an auction house that never sleeps, where anyone can be a buyer or a seller. I think I am most surprised by the fact that we have become the largest site on the web for the buying and selling of used cars, motorcycles, and auto parts. You have to remember that in September of 1998, 8% of the items on eBay were Beanie Babies. Four years ago. Four years ago. Four years ago. Beanie Babies, So from Beanie Babies to Beamers, I'm not sure that anyone would actually have predicted that. Sell a motorcycle every 18 minutes. Correct. And an SUV every 30 minutes. And it's not. My uncle bought a a, like rare limited edition. I don't know, rare, I guess it's limited edition Mountain Dew. You'd appreciate this Mountain Dew (laughs) Mustang car. Like they, they, they worked with Mustang and created like a limited number of these like Mountain Dew green cars that said Mountain Dew on them or whatever. And he bought that on eBay and drove like you know, 900 miles or whatever to go pick it up. Really? No, I had a buddy in college that I remember, I thought it was crazy, but he did. He bought a car on eBay. And it's even still, would you buy a car on eBay? Uh, No, primarily because I'd want to test drive a car and actually look at it and all of that. But I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe if, I mean, I've, I've purchased cars that I found on Craigslist. I mean, it's a matter of going and seeing it. So I guess the same thing could happen on eBay. I don't know if you're like, it's near me. I'm going to go check it out first and then I'll do the transaction through eBay. So it's all safe and above the table or whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's weird because I didn't know about that. I used auto trader. Do you remember auto trader? Yeah. Yeah. That's also is it even around anymore. I don't know. Or I'm really dating my, my 40 year old self. I mean, my eyebrows do that job itself, but, and, and my, my dude, this keeps getting greater and wider. It's, it's, I don't know what's going You're on. You're going to look like Santa soon with a big gray hey, beard. Another, another side hustle. So, hey, but aside from all that. So it, it's interesting because I, I still think, I don't know. I wonder how many people, I, I hear that, you know, car parts, like car parts is still the place. And we know actually there, there are some sellers that sell car parts like all the time, right? Yeah. Like road to resale. Right. He, he's he's big on cars. I remember when we he, and they I, I don't know if they've dropped a podcast lately, but they used to have a podcast. You guys should come back, Aaron, if you're hearing this. But um, so car parts are definitely a place. I think that I don't know, maybe maybe you disagree, but I don't think it's as saturated. Right. Because you have to have a connection or you have to be willing to go to the pick your parts, know the car parts, know the tools. But I, I had a friend that he would actually it was Beamer parts. And he had like 50 different cup holders, but he was just like a collector. Like whenever his cup holder in his, he had like five beamers. So I think you know who this guy is. He was a big Clash of Clans guy. Mm, okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Okay. So he just kept them and I kept telling him, I'm like, hey, dude, sell these on eBay. So if you're looking for a field that doesn't take as much, you know, well, it doesn't take, it does take work. But maybe there's less competition or maybe we're wrong. You're, people are going to go in the comments and go, Orlando, I was part of that and I got out of it and I went to clothing and it was less saturated. Yeah, no, I'm sure be pretty bad. I'm sure it's a hard market to be in. Um, but when we were at eBay Open, oh, that's I right. would say the majority of the people that were walking around that kind of had like a special badge color because they were like the top percent of sellers, almost all of them were car parts. That is true. There was a guy, remember, 
he's like, oh, we were like, what was weird was you'd be, we were invited, right, to speak on different platforms. And then you're seeing this guy and the guy's like, oh, yeah, I have, uh, you know, 18,000 listings. And remember, that was at the time. I think there were issues. Oh, that's when eBay said no more watermarks. Mm. And they're like, yeah, we had uh, 18,000 items with watermarks. And then they had to hire somebody to do some kind of algorithm to remove all the watermarks from their items. So, but you think about and and Beanie Babies, I think e- Beanie Babies were big, I personally believe, because of eBay, right? Did you ever yeah. read that story that that guy, his kid's college investment was in Beanie Babies? Oh, jeez. So he bought thousands, like thousands and BBB, Beanie Babies were hot for a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a, when McDonald's was doing Beanie Babies in the, the McDonald's bag, I worked at a baseball and game shop. It's, that's what it's called, baseball and games. And uh, they basically sold collectible stuff. I sold Pokemon cards for them. I started working with them when I was 12. And one of the things when Beanie Babies were big, he was selling them on eBay, making a ton of money. And one of the ways he could make money really fast was just selling the toys from McDonald's. So his thing was, if you went to McDonald's and bought a Happy Meal from McDonald's, and brought the Beanie Baby to him, he'd pay for your Happy Meal, right? Because he didn't have the time to go. Basically, he was hiring people to source for him, right? And so my dad heard that and he's like, oh, like, well, how many can I buy? And he goes, well, as many as you buy, I'll, I'll pay you for. So my dad, I, I remember this day like distinctly, and I was only like 11 or 12 years old. We go through the McDonald's parking lot and my dad says, I want 100 Happy Meals. And you could just hear them on the other end. They're like, what? And he says, 100 Happy Meals. And they're like, you, you want 100 Happy Meals? And he said, yes. And so they start making it and we're like 10 cars behind or by the time we get up there, um, they start handing them to me. My dad looks in and they're not, they're not Beanie Baby toys or something else. My dad's like, you guys are supposed to have Beanie Babies. Like, oh no, we're out of Beanie Babies. We've been out for like three days now. And my dad's like, no, you don't understand. Like I bought a hundred Happy Meals because the the guy was going to pay for them if I brought him the Beanie Babies. And they're like, well, we've already made like 40 Happy Meals and we can't like unmake them. And they said, here's the deal. My dad's like, I can't, like, I don't want to buy all these. So they were like, okay, if you give us the toy back, we'll just give you the food. Cause we're just going to throw it away anyways. Um, the toy is the only part that's like the most valuable and what we give out in these happy meals. So, uh, we got all of that for free anyways. Um, but it, it, it's just a crazy memory, but yeah, I mean, he was sourcing beanie babies from McDonald's because McDonald's had a limited supply. I'm assuming of beanie babies. And even those were selling. Yeah, no. And here's the thing. They're not worth anything anymore all the time. And here, if you're new, you will get caught up in that. You'll show up at a thrift store. You'll see a Beanie Baby. You'll do a soul church and there will be souls too. In like a a lot of times you see Beanie Babies in like glass cases with like three inch thick plastic. And the listing will say like flawed, like one of a kind. It's like $80,000. And you're like, what? Like I even, even after like three years of reselling, I had a moment where there was all these Beanie Babies and I started searching and even I even started falling for it again, going, maybe, maybe there's something I'm missing. And there was a, there was a Pawn Stars episode, I think too, where they brought in the Princess Diana one and yeah, it was the same old thing. Right. So listen, we've talked about this in pre, it was an episode. It's like episode, I don't know, 29 or something like that. But yeah, we truly believe in the, the, there's either money laundering or something shady that's going on, but yes, there's no value. Now yeah, I found the story. About the, the investment. Family spent $100,000 on Beanie Babies. His father maintained five separate collections, hoping the investment would put his kids through college. Unfortunately, that never happened. The Beanie Baby Babies bubble busted. Well, that's just poor um, financial decision by him because $100,000 is going to put your kid through college anyways or your kids through college. Uh, and then well, the one. Other thing- It'll put one. 
Well, depends I mean, where you go to school, yeah, but the most likely one. Well, but that's the thing, though. Is if if he was hoping that it was an investment, you know, investments typically double every seven to ten years. So if you put that in just a a, a regular some kind of a regular college savings plan that's being invested into some kind of, you know, stocks or bonds or whatever, you're going to be increasing that money anyways, right? So that's not, seven years from now, that $100,000 isn't $100,000 anymore. So yeah, that's just, if you're going to buy commodities as an asset, going back to our last video, we we're talking about assets, uh, make sure you're buying the right kinds of commodities. Collectibles may be Lego worthwhile. may be the only exception. Maybe I don't. I, Le Legos do better than stocks. Sometimes. You've said that a couple of times, but that's true. You, it can't. Here's the thing: something like that can't be true across the board. No, because, not across the board. Because otherwise, people wouldn't be in Wall Street. They would just buy all the Legos, <laughs> right? Like it doesn't work like that. Warren Buffett would have the largest Lego collection yeah. on the history of mankind. Yep. No, you're right. I, I hear what you're saying. All right, let's see where we go here from entrepreneurs to auctions. <laughs> As many as 150,000 people have literally given up their jobs to create their own businesses selling on eBay. eBay gives us access to the world. You can find yes. anything. You can find it at a price you can afford. Exactly. This group of bargain hunters are devoted eBay users from all over the country. Their loyalty and enthusiasm is what has helped build eBay into the powerhouse it is today. I've gotten to the point now where I look to eBay for anything I need in the house before I go out, including Tupperware, uh, small appliances, clothing, Christmas gifts, wedding gifts, Father's Day gifts. Just wait till Amazon comes Whatever around. it is, I go to eBay first. <laughs> what is it that makes this so compelling? It's a gamble. It, it, it is a gamble. There's a little bit of gambling. You're gambling. Am I, am I going to get the auction? Well, no, because there's only auctions, yeah. 80 pie, win the back with 90 pie. An eBay auction works exactly the same way as an old-fashioned one. The highest bidder wins. Yeah, that was. I think that was the appeal back in the day, is like you could auction and like you could get things for really cheap. You can get them underpriced or like people try and snipe last minute. And a lot of times it was like, I, my, I know my parents got suckered into a lot of things that we didn't need. Like we got a glass chess set one time that was only 99 cents or like 97 cents. And so they were suckered into buying it and it was like $30 shipping. And those you can get for like $8 at like any <laughs> store. So uh, the, the there was a there, time for auctions. Oh, for sure. And, and even still like auctions have their place. But I think, you know, auctions being like the primary way things were sold then. Um, and there was excitement to that. There were definitely things where, you know, we'd be sitting up late, like my mom would be like, okay, I'd spend up to $35 on this. And we'd be really excited about getting a new toy or something that we were waiting. And so we're putting bids in, putting bids in, seeing it go up. And then you're like waiting for the countdown. And that's an adrenaline rush, right? Like the, it, it, are we going to win it? Are we going to not? And sometimes you left disappointed. Sometimes you were like, we won it, you know? So, uh, you know, it's good times and, and it's definitely much better because, then I saw a lot of people getting kind of suckered into the auctions where, you know, it only goes up a penny and you only have to pay like I got this laptop for $37, but not realizing that the amount of money that goes into those auctions, right? Like mm -hmm. this is a totally different game. Like eBay was just like, like they said there, it was like a real auction at an auction house. It didn't have any other weird rules and attachments that made it where you had to pay for every bid or anything like that. It was just, you paid if you won. So I got a confession. We used to do a lot of show bidding in college. You know what show bidding is? So my buddy who was a main EB guy would tell us like everybody in the dorm, like bid on this item. And so we bid the item up. I mean, it was, it was the wild west, man. Like it was, it was crazy. So, so I know eBay obviously has policies. I still think show bidding happens. Oh, I'm sure. Right. I, I don't know if there's a way to stop it. I mean, if you just call, if I called you and like, Hey Mike, I put this up and can you, there's another, and you just go to town but, you know, 
I, there is a place for bidding. I, you know, it's still, if it's, I think if it's a hot item, right, that's hard to get, you may be able to do an auction and it'll, it'll take off. Or you don't know the value of an item. Or you don't know the value and just want to see what the market says. But there's the other side where best offer also allows you to determine what the market is, right? Depend, depending on how people send you offers. So there's different ways to do that. It's also a good way to clear out your store if you want to get rid of stuff. It's just true. make sure you put that initial bid where you're okay letting go of stuff. That's true. All right, let's move on. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code all in caps, Pure Hustle 25. That's the numbers two five. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to sawhound.com and subscribe using our promo code Pure Hustle 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, you're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, and your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. We moved to a different video. I didn't sit down and say, hey, I'm going to be innovative today. Um, uh, I really, uh, it was really trying to experiment with new tools. I mean, I'm a software engineer. So uh, basically the latest coolest shiny toy at the time was the web, uh, was interactivity. And uh, the way I expressed my creativity was through writing code. 
So this is the founder tier. forward to Labor Day weekend of 1995. Um, I, I sat down at my computer and started writing a script, a Perl script, okay. uh, to create a very basic uh, auction mechanism. And the, the, the code was really simple. It just uh, it allowed you to list an item really for sale. Simple. You could have a title and a description and the starting price. And uh, you could also see a list of all the items that were listed. Obviously, that was important. And then you could bid on an item. And then the great thing about the web, you know, especially in those days and still today, is that once you put something out there, you start getting feedback right away from people. That's why open source is the best. I'm a big fan of open source software. Uh, but yeah. So I'm if he was on an Apple, he couldn't do it? Uh, yeah, probably not. Um, <laughs> okay. The, I mean, honestly, most most of those kinds of like, you know, really creative coding, you know, specialists, uh, they're playing with Linux. They're playing with open source software because uh, just, I mean, I, I've I've desired at times like, man, it'd be so cool to code. But, you know, in my mind, what coding is, is like a hacker sitting in front of multiple computers doing all kinds of cool, fun stuff. And really, it's its its, its own language. It's very mathematic. Um, and I've, I've never, I've tried a couple of times and it's just not my cup of tea. But you know, the, the people who come up with that stuff, I mean, our life, it's just, it's amazing to think that our life wouldn't be the way it is today if it wasn't for people who originally knew how to put ones and zeros together and then figure out scripts to put those together in ways that were easier. But yeah, if you look at a page of coding, it's, it's amazing to think that there are people out there clever enough, smart enough, and are, are doing things that improve all of our lives. So if you're out there and, and you're a coder and you know how to do those things and you're making apps and stuff like that, thank you. Uh, it's pretty awesome. A little jealous, but at the same time, I don't want to put the work in. So my hat's off to you. Well, the other part of it too is this guy did it on the weekend, right? The idea, I mean, obviously it must've been mulling around for, for a while, but you know, back in 1995, right? I think we all, I mean, I remember thinking like we arrived in technology, right? I mean, how, how old were you in 95? Mm, six. Okay. Well, I was a... Uh, I was a sophomore in high school, but I remember like the old school tangent computers or the Packard Bells. And I remember having to wait for my internet to uh, digitize and come through. And, and when things went wrong, you had to type in like backslash system or whatever, and it'd take you back to the MS-DOS days. Oh my goodness. I actually that, learned, I, I learned how to play, like do stuff with computers. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't know how to code, but I actually, I can get work my way around like Linux program stuff. And now I was just playing with like, MS DOS and trying to figure out how to do things. And um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. And, and it's cool that again, like you said, like technology has come so far so fast. It, it really is amazing. Yeah, and, and here's, here's the thing. So think of all the platforms that are around now, right? I mean, there's probably, there's at least 12 platforms right now, right? I mean, we got Mercari, Poshmark, Depop, Together. Um, I'm sure we're, there's StockX, there's Go. There, I mean, we're missing something, but it's all basically followed kind of the same equation. I mean, it's a little different, right? Like StockX, I don't know if you know StockX. If I find a brand new pair of shoes, I can list it in the store. And it's not like somebody has to bid on it if there's already an active buyer for it. So the moment I list it, boom, it's sold. Hmm. It's done, right? So I encourage you guys to use StockX if, if you're looking at sneakers and so on. I've been trying to do those Nike drops lately. It hasn't worked out for me. So, But uh, what, I, what I was going to say is... There's always something new. And so I'm waiting. You know, everybody's always saying, hey, you know, it's only going to be eBay and Amazon. I, I think there's going to be something different coming. And, and maybe it's Facebook shops. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see what happens. Maybe. All right. Let's go to our next clip here. 
Oh, feedback. This is going to be It's actually one. in February of 96. Um, I, I came up with the idea of um, creating this the feedback form. And basically what that was, was to encourage people to give each other feedback based on how did their transaction go. And, um, and since I was getting all of these complaints, I assumed that it would be mostly negative, that, you know, it was a forum for people to give each other negative feedback. And so, so I wrote this little, this little letter to the community uh, in February of 96, look announcing at, the feedback form. And, yep. and I'm basically in it, I said, hey, listen, people are basically good. We all try to do a good job. We all try to do our best, but sometimes things don't work out. It'd be great, you know, let's give each other the benefit of the doubt. Um, but if you're having, you know, if you're having real problems with somebody, now there's a feedback forum. You know, basically, you don't have to complain but to only me. For there's now. a feedback forum. If, if, if your complaint is worthy of complaint, then you should do it publicly, you know, and complain in the public forum. But while you're at it, also think about giving praise where praise is due. If somebody does something nice for you, wouldn't it be nice in this world if we could actually start recognizing that? And, uh, and you know, let's give each other praise where praise is due. And, you know, we found that when you give somebody the opportunity to give praise, to give positive feedback when it's well-deserved, people love to do that. It's very gratifying yourself to be able to give praise know. to I have to have an auto-reminder on mine. And, um, and so anyway, so the feedback forum is uh, just a remarkable, incredibly gratifying testament to human nature and the fundamental goodness of human nature. But then also from a business perspective, it was really the thing that allowed eBay to succeed because it gave people a chance, a way to know that they could actually trust a complete stranger yeah i think that's good do you think, think that's true still no well well maybe i think now there's a culture where for the most part immediately people i think positive feedback is just the the given like offer up right like i like the way their system is set up i think it's offer up maybe it's like a, but one of them where you give feedback but you can't see their feedback until you give yours right huh. or or it's like seven know. days right okay. so that way that way you can't just base your feedback off of theirs. But I think there's in, in eBay, there's going to be people who are going to complain no matter what. But I think there's just a, a general culture of, for the most part, you get something, you give a, a positive review, the buyer, the seller is always going to say, great buyer, fast payment. You know, it's just the culture I think is, is it's expected. So I think the negative is almost the exception. Even if somebody has like an okay experience, they're not going to leave for the most part, negative feedback just because the culture is, almost so positive, like, even though it's not really positive, I think. So it's almost a, a bad thing in the sense that, do you really know you can trust these people? Now, if I see somebody with 23,000 sales and they've got a bunch of stars, I know I'm not getting scammed. Uh, but at the same time, you know, just because somebody says A plus seller doesn't really tell me tons. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I find that, and I don't even have like a ton of positive feedback. I'm not, you know, I don't have 20,000. There's some people that have like 40,000, 100% like great feedback. I do believe that feedback as a seller allows you to make higher end sales. Like you can, I, I sell stuff for more. And I do believe one of the reasons is because people trust and also have a free return policy. But at the same time, I'm still not sold on eBay's argument that we, why we can't give negative feedback to seller uh, to buyers. Right. Cause we actually did ask eBay execs at eBay open. Do you remember what their answer was? Do you remember where we were? I, no, it was I was on do. the couches outside that yeah, room. Yeah, I, I do remember. Right after I interrupted Devin. Yeah. I, I, rem I remember the conversation, but I don't remember the answer at the moment. Well, the, the answer the answer was basically that they felt that, well, I think they did a study or something that it prevents people from going on the platform because they're worried about getting negative feedback. But that, okay, well, 
you don't want if somebody's worried about getting negative feedback, why are they worried about negative feedback? Because they're not going to pay you right away because they're going to cancel because they're going to return. Like, why would somebody be worried about that? Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense for the most part. Like every other store, like a store gets a rating on Yelp, but individuals don't. Right. Like if I walk into a Walmart, I don't walk in and then they scan me and say like, oh, he's only a three star customer. Right. Like. I'm they're they're expected they're <laughs> okay, expected they're expected point. to provide service to me, um, not necessarily the other way around, right? So it kind of makes sense. Um, I, I think just in general, and I could see that. I mean, if you're a first time buyer and and you were a little late paying, and all of a sudden you get a seller who says like slow payment, you'd be like, man, this platform is mean. It should be instant payment now. Hopefully, as managed payments are rolled out, which by the way, I think I'm going to sign up for here soon. So. We haven't shared this yet, but yeah. I think I'm going to sign for, for it soon because I, I have concerns that if everybody floods managed payments trying to sign up, that there's going to be some issues. So I'm going to try to get in before everybody else. So by the time we hear this podcast, I'm already going to be signed up for managed payments. So, but I don't know. I I, I think I I just remember back in the day, like you wouldn't, I, I, I you basically held, oh, that was the other thing. They didn't want people holding feedback hostage. Yeah. Like they felt that sellers were also not getting positive feedback because buyers refused to leave them feedback because they felt that sellers were going to give them negative feedback. So no one was leaving feedback. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Let us know in the comments. What are your thoughts? I like the offer up model. I think that's a cool model. Like, is it offer up? Maybe it's either offer up or let go. I can't remember which one it was, but I saw it. I remember thinking, like, oh, this is really neat. Like, I get, it says so and so, John Doe sent you feedback on your recent, you know, sell or purchase in order to see you must either wait seven days or provide feedback. So then I provide. So that way, if he left me really negative, I can't just retaliate back. You know, the the saddest part about all those though, and including eBay feedback is the templates. Mm. Right. I mean, how many times do you get an eBay feedback? You're like, Oh cool. They really liked it. And then you go and you search like virus, virus feedback for other people. And it's the same. Well, I mean, if it wasn't for templates, again, I think people wouldn't, it, People don't want to be inconvenienced. So I like on True. Opera Up and Let Go where there's just the on-time communication yeah. friendly. I like being able to hit those things and not have to like type a paragraph for this person because if that's what you had to do. Hey, eBay, that might be something good to do. Yeah. If you're listening. One thing that I hate is when you get a survey, right? Like a work survey and you're going through and it's like one to five. Are you satisfied? Dissatisfied, right? And then you get to the ones where you have to leave like a comment and it's mandatory. It's like, well, now I have to like justify, like, I can't just write a sentence, yes. like really explain. Why can't I just skip this one? Like when you get the eBay survey and it's like, how does did this person go out of their way? And you just say yes. You don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You just so want to say yes. You just want to be inconvenient. So it's easier if it's just a drop down option, yes or no. And then if you really wanted to explain, you can. But yeah, if if people had to provide a certain amount of content or explain in detail, I think your feedback would go down. Agreed. All right. Hey, real quick, before we move on, if you're not following us on social media, we are Pierce podcast on, on TikTok, on Instagram and on Facebook. We are Pierce cast on Twitter. If you're listening to the podcast, you want to catch some of the awesome video that we're showing. Uh, you can or go hear weird out. Or hear what well, they would hear what weird out on the podcast, but that's true. If, if you want to see the words on the screen, uh, you can come over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button and hit that like button. Uh, we really appreciate our, our YouTube has been growing. I mean, yeah. we're growing slowly, but surely, but you know, for a podcast, I'm happy with our results. And on top of that, also, thank you so much for all of you that continue to support us in many ways. 
We've had some people buy stuff through our affiliate link, so we're grateful for that. People are buying shirts. We're thankful for that. And and thing is that despite all that's going on, people are still uh, helping us out. We've gotten donations lately, which I'm like, hey, we just appreciate that because it definitely definitely helps us. And you know, if we get st- we're we're losing ad revenue, right? <laughs> Possibly in this episode, so that that'll compensate for that lost ad revenue. Yeah. And as always, thank you for all the reviews. We're ten away from three hundred, Mike on apple so on you guys can get us there i believe it i believe believe it it. all right thank you so much all right let's move on with a reaction well ebay's market value is now worth more than bloomingdale's macy's sears and toys r us combined Mm, toys r us huh why has it been the most successful company to come out of the internet revolution. It was an entirely new idea that took advantage of the net. There's no land-based analog She's for very eBay. We hold no inventory, we ship no product. That's right. No inventory, no products. Yeah. Yep. Just brokers. I like it. You are you good with that? I Okay, let's talk, let's land let's land here a little bit. Managed delivery went away. Mhm. Do you think that was a good... Okay, before I ask you that. So, managed delivery was eBay's competitor to Amazon, right? And it was basically that eBay was going to have fulfillment centers throughout the country that you can send inventory in. We didn't... We I think it was going to be new stuff eventually. I really do. I mean, they had to set up the catalog. And that's that's the reason there's a lot of item specifics because they're setting up catalogs. But... That was the goal. But as soon as, you know, the old CEO, uh, Devin Wenig, went away... That went away. And because of the pandemic and everything, I think it, they were just like, all right, there's too much going on. Yeah. Now, in retrospect, right, because of Amazon not being able to fulfill the need, right? Because Am- even till now, Amazon's still struggling because of the pandemic being able to fulfill orders. Do you think eBay missed an opportunity or do you think they made the right call? Yeah, I think they made the right call. I, I just think eBay and Amazon are two different things. And I think Amazon is, is the... Goliath, the Titan in the situation, right? They're just, but they're different. They're a different type of company. And that's really comes down to people see them as the same because you are buying things online, but they're two totally different ways of doing things, right? So I think the good example is swap me, not saying that it's just junk on eBay, but the way it is like people rent a booth and they sell their own things versus Target, which is selling things on the shelf and all the the, the inventory is being shipped and stored through Target or Costco or, or something like that. So they're two totally different systems. Um, and I think that eBay does what it does very well. And I think there's things they can do better, but I think they need to stay in their lane. I think the moment they try and say, we are going to try and do these things uh, in order to be competitive. Well, I don't think that's actually being competitive. I think they're trying to break into a different market, a different style mm-hmm. of selling. And that's not necessarily competitive. The, at that point, they're, I don't know. I, I just feel like do what they do very well and make it better as opposed to try and copy what other people do, which is completely different. Yeah. And, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I was I was asking you as a form of getting the truth out there, but you know, it, I look at the pandemic. The strength of eBay was that there were individual sellers that had the products that could ship stuff out right away. Right? I think eBay would have been in the same scenario, and I think it would have it would have been worse, right? Because Amazon had to give up on their own, like they they gave up on their own shipping program, right? I mean, they were they were having this huge rollout and they cut themselves away from FedEx because they learned what they wanted to learn from FedEx and they were going to have their own shipping distribution. And then they realized, yeah, we can't do it. eBay was just getting started with the logistics side and basically it was going to be different companies bidding 
right, to do the shipping. I think the strength of eBay is that it, it's this idea of self-interest is, and I'm not saying it's true, but there, there's value to the idea that self-interest is a virtue in the sense that everybody in their own self-interest was going to make sure to get those items out because they want constant sellers coming to, I mean, constant buyers coming to them. Right. And so they want their products to be selling. Right. And if it was managed delivery, especially the fact that, you know, it, let's say things broke down logistically, it would have been a mess for eBay. But instead, the reason that people went to eBay instead of Amazon is because people could say, you know what, I'll ship that out in a day or two where Amazon's like, eh, it's going to take a month. Yeah. And I, I think, too, like a good, another good example, because this isn't just picking on eBay, me saying that they shouldn't try and do what Amazon does. I think the same thing goes for Amazon. Like Amazon is a logistics company, which is why they were able to do what they did. Right. They hmm. they're a store. But primarily, they're they're a warehouse logistics company that deals with shipping, storage, right? And they have an interface. That's what Amazon kind of the strength of Amazon. Amazon kind of has the the mentality of, hey, we've really taken over the retail world, especially the online retail world. Let's take over other sectors of of the economy, right? So I think their their push into you know Amazon Prime for for movies and TV shows maybe not the best bet for that, right? Like who's really saying that Amazon is better than Netflix, right? Like Amazon there's movies, good movies there, there. there's a handful, but reality, if you're going to pay now, the nice thing is Jack if you Ryan's pay, pretty good. And again, I'm, I'm saying that there are some good ones, but, but the reality is that they're kind of not a competitor because that's not what they do best. Now I think what Amazon is ultimately doing, maybe this is conspiracy, but I think what they do when they do things like that is they're getting more customer data, right? Oh no, that that's what they're doing. Yes. I think they've said that openly. Yeah. So if you're, if you're logged in, cause you are, if you're paying for prime, the nice thing is you just get it right. Unlike prime music, which you have to pay for. Uh, but if you're, you get Amazon prime movies and TV and the ones that come free. Now it is nice when you can rent them, but there's other platforms you can rent Google play or Apple or, or other platforms. But if you're, whatever you watch is now they have that data. So that's important for them. Like what types of movies and shows do you watch? Do you watch mostly action movies? Okay. Now we can categorize you. People who watch action movies tend to buy these types of things. Those are the ads you're going to get, right? So they have, they have more customer data, but I, do I really think that they're going to be a competitor to, to Netflix and Disney plus and those shows, those programs, I don't think it's the same thing, right? Like, I just don't think, I don't think they're going to do that well and be like, who's Netflix. Now we have Amazon. We, we definitely will know if eBay is trying to be like Amazon again, if eBay begins to stream. Yeah. Movies. We're going to stream. We have eBay streaming. Uh, <laughs> so you can buy the DVD or you weird out the complete collection, eBay streaming. Yeah. All right. I think it's time to move on. Buying and selling. They're also talking online in chat rooms. Oh, I, miss I spend chat rooms. 12 to 15 hours Not a day. Really. No, I, I boot hours? up between 8 and 9 o'clock in the morning, and I usually AOL shut down chat. about 2. We spend more time together on the board. I wonder if any of these individuals are on social media. I'm not sure that's good. Yeah. <laughs> or listen to the podcast. <laughs> you might want to edit that for you. All right. So, why you're like, why did Orlando put that clip in there? To me, it's evidence of how grassroots eBay is. Right? It's very like you, you think about it, like I mean, Poshmark's kind of like that right now, right? But outside of that, there's not many platforms where sellers like communicate with one another. Yeah, but who's chatting? Who's using who's using eBay chat? Well, we're not on the community forum though. Yeah, but And we're then, not in Facebook groups, which are massive. Okay, yeah, but that's the thing. That's on Facebook. That's on right. So I think every 
that goes back to almost when chat rooms and forums were big. Chat rooms. Forums were, I remember when I was in junior high, high school, forums were the thing. Like every, mm -hmm. didn't matter what, what industry you're into, what niche you're into, there was a model airplane forum. There was a pigeon flying forum. Like anything you were into, there was a forum for it. And it was neat because what people you could see what the hot topics were, people were talking about, and then you'd go and you'd create a thread and you could ask a question and people would answer. And that's been replaced by social media and it's been replaced by Reddit and other things. And so I just don't think that anybody's going on eBay, treating eBay as their social media. Now, I know eBay talked about trying to potentially incorporate more of a social media aspect to it. And we've talked about the fact that social media platforms like Facebook who are breaking into the selling market, um, th th there's, there is a crossover, but I just don't think anybody's using eBay for that. And I don't, when I say anybody, I know there are people, but I don't think it's a big enough thing that it makes a difference. No, and I know that's true. I mean, you know, I've, oh man, I just shook the camera. Who would have, sorry guys, if you're watching on YouTube, that was on me. All right. So eBay has a community forum and I, I really think eBay needs to delve more into the social media. And, and the reason I say is this, I know this because whenever they had this thing, remember, I don't know if you remember, they were doing the eBay town halls. Mm -hmm. Right. The virtual town hall. And I think they're having some again, but I remember we had our question about eliminating either final value fees or store subscriptions. Right. We, we still, to this, I, I still, I think we're in unison about this or unified or word you want to use that one or the other needs to go or, or listing listing fees or, you know what I mean? Like there's three fees. One of a, one of the three can go. Yeah. One, one of them has to go and we are, you know, and we don't have, a huge following, but we don't have a small following. Right. And, and here's the thing, like the, our question, like people didn't even know that these town halls were, were happening. Right. People didn't even. And then when we asked for people to give us thumbs up for the question that I think the question that one didn't even have a thousand thumbs up. Like, think about that. Mm. There's millions upon millions of sellers on eBay, right? Whether, they are full-time, part-time, or just the random person every once in a while that lists something. And so, I don't know. Maybe maybe things were different back then. Let us know in the comments. Those of you that listen to us have been around for a not for a while, but, you know, been on eBay for a while. He's not calling you old. No, I'm Seasoned. not. Season. I don't even think that worked anymore. Anyways. All right. So, let's talk about networking. Let's get to the next clip here. Sure. Okay. Now the entire list family is part of the action. Here's how they work it. Laurie models an outfit. Her sister snaps the picture. Her brother-in-law puts so it on eBay. As the bids start coming in, her mother monitors the auction. She'll wake up in the middle of the night and she'll be like, did you see the bid? I'm like, mother, it's three o'clock in the morning. Go to bed. What are you doing up? The shipping department is in the kitchen where mom and dad are packing boxes to send around the globe. They keep their inventory, their Prada shoes, their Gucci's, and their Chanel's in the garage. They ran garage. out of room in this <laughs> one, so they just bought three brand new houses all in a row with their eBay profits. Whoa. We don't do it to make a fortune. We, we do Except it just you have so three we can houses. stay home. I stay home with my son. She's at home. You know, it's like... We all just work together and it's like we have a good time. Who was the photographer on this one? Well, I told you that the clip was in the way. And a good family business. They've become so established on eBay, they no longer have to go looking for bargains. The deals come to them. Department stores nice. have found a new way to move merchandise. The day the manager tells the salesman, hey, this stuff's going to get marked down, you know, 50% tomorrow, our phone rings. They call us. 
this stuff's going on sale on Wednesday. Pull us this, pull us that. We know all the shoes. It's genius. So they, we <laughs> them pull everything. They pull it all and they just ship it to us. You have to go in and tell them what you want. No, we don't. <laughs> they know what we buy and they know yes. what we sell. Yeah. And a lot of them look at our sites. They know you can move those products. Exactly. I mean, hey, they're selling high end. That's why they're getting three houses. Yeah, yeah. it's good for networking though. Well, I mean, there, there's a few things in there. One is the idea that, and any, even, you know, with, with, with your wife being able to stay home now, right? And the fact that you're in a fifth wheel, like eBay provided that, right? I, I mean, to me, if there's, you know, we talked about this in our top 10 myths that we dispel, or that's not the title of the episode, but whatever, our last episode was, you know, a lot of people, for a reason, don't think that you can make it happen on eBay. You can make it happen on eBay, but it takes work. I mean, you take a look at that. That was a full scale family operation. Mm-hmm. You see the digital camera, that'd be painful. Yeah, that's rough. Well, now you your think, phone. You think that was so two much. megapixels? But then again, because it was so challenging, there was probably fewer sellers. Okay, that's the other point I want to bring about. Was that if you want to make it reselling, it takes work. It and especially when when you want to make it happen on eBay, Amazon still takes work. Don't I mean? I see these these ads about, and unfortunately, they show up on our YouTube channel. But it's the automation one, right? You can buy an automated Amazon store. All you have to do is drop the money and we'll take care of everything. We'll provide the customers or da 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 da. It, it's, it's not that easy. Yeah. It not only is it not that easy, but like that should be a clear sign that it, that doesn't work. Cause like I've, I mentioned before, I've known people who've gotten suckered into like different scams. And a lot of times the idea is if it's that good to be true, that too good to be true, then it obviously is because for instance, I'm able to buy a house for only $137. Buy your house for pennies on the dollar. And then there's like whatever the the situation is that like allows you to do this. And I'm going to teach you how to do it for only $59.99. It's like, okay, if you could really buy a house for $137 and you're buying multiple, and there's so many of them out there. Why do you care about getting $59? 100%. You no, know, I agree, I agree. It, it's just, it just seems silly to me because if, if if you can automate and guarantee, like I, I can- Well, per- these companies charge thousands, right? Because it, it's that's the hook. Right. Right. You pay the few hundred, you go to the course, then you want to know more, a few hundred more. You want to know more? Now let's drop, let's talk about the thousands now. But if that were true though, let's just say, that, give any number, 10,000, 100,000, give me $100,000, I'll give you an, uh, an Amazon store that'll guarantee you make you $500,000 a year. Well, if you can make a store that makes $500,000 a year, you would make that and not want my $100,000. There's more profit in it for you to just make it the store yourself. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. And and here's the other thing I want to talk about that too, is that even back then, right, these individuals never hid that they were sellers. Now, it's a little different and it's kind of interesting because there's no discussion of thrift stores at this point in time. Now, I'm, I'm 100% sure there were a lot of people that were going to thrift stores back then. There weren't as many thrift stores. Do you remember there being a lot of thrift stores during your time? Uh, I mean, the town I grew up in only had like three, uh, but it wasn't a huge town. So yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely the I me and again growing up, I've shared before. You know, going to a thrift store wasn't like a pot, like we. Mm-hmm. I never cared to go to the thrift store, right? And now it's the primary place I like going to. But you know, again, they networked, right? They had relationship with the managers that we're looking to move merchandise and it, that story is still true right and and you can do it with retail arbitrage you can do it with business cards like mike you know got his how long has it been since business card it's been a while unfortunately i haven't been able to give too many out recently but did it pay for itself already oh yeah yeah right how much did you drop 50 bucks uh, yeah, like 37 or 38 but it wasn't and lot. is it safe to say you at least tripled that money oh yeah for sure <laughs> i think you did way more than that i would say i've made 
thousands off a $50 investment on a business card, right? Because people are always looking to move merchandise. Now, it's interesting. They bought three houses in a row. And I was wondering, were all those houses storage? Is that, is that what they're oh, saying? Oh, no, I'm sure. Because it, it's a business operation. I'm sure the garages in them are storage to an extent. But there's probably so each of the family members can live close together and wake up and go to work without having to commute, right? Efficiency. Efficiency is key. It'd be interesting if... if is it Laura Lister? I think was her name. That's an ironic name. Laura Lister. If she's listening, hit us up. Yeah. We'll, 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 Tell us about yeah. your house. Yeah. We'd love, we'd Tell love to, your house is. to, you know, maybe have on the podcast. And if you're still doing this, that, that that's what I want to know. Like, I know, I know a handful of people that started doing eBay in 1999 and they're still doing eBay. Right. I, and this is the question I've always had. Like, will I be doing this for 10 years? I, I, I mean, I'm going on year two full time. But will be this be the same story five years and ten years? It's true. I don't know. We'll see. All right. There's some there's some interesting clips coming up here, by the way. Uh, eBay got really hot. About a year ago, eBay started something they call buy it now. Ooh. Sellers no longer had to set up an auction. They could sell retail directly to the customer, just like Lori List did with her Prada shoes. And that's when the heavy hitters came on the site. Now, IBM sells home computers on eBay. No costly overhead, no store, no sales staff. Disney offers vacations and all things Mickey and Minnie. With all this action, eBay has hit the jackpot. Profits are up 71% from this time last year. Over a quarter of that from these direct sales. With respect to big companies, big companies do sell on eBay and they find it to be a very cost-effective distribution channel. But they sell on the same terms as you as an individual would sell. And you're not going to give them anything special. Yeah, no right. advertising, no promotion, no think, whatever. We know. aren't. And the reason is that we think it's important to have this level playing field. So your neighbor next door has an equal chance of success as a large corporation. You yeah. know what? It reminds me of the Reebok fina- uh, fiasco. Yep, yep, exactly. And that, that's that's part of what I was going to say. And then the other thing. Too Wait, is- let's give context real quick. Go for it. So Reebok, if you guys listen to our podcast, had, had a glitch in their system. And their shoes were selling like for crazy low. And so a bunch of people bought it. And instead of making good, right, on their sales, they just canceled, 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 canceled. And not only did, did they cancel, they actually accepted the payment and they ended up, sh- I think they acted like they were shipping and then they canceled after the fact. Yeah, I'm, I don't remember necessarily exactly that. If, if like they, they, did through, they did the refund through PayPal. Like oh. they had nothing to do with eBay and they got slammed with negative feedback. All gone. But it didn't matter. Yeah. And then here's the thing. So we've talked before about like the, the benefit of having eBay concierge and 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 those types of things. So to, to act like eBay is not going to have any kind of preferential treatment towards certain groups, right? If you're top rated seller, you're talking about somebody who's selling, you know, we talked about people who are at eBay open, who sell car parts, who are in the top 1% of their, their sellers and they're making, they're, they're selling millions of dollars worth of product. You're telling me that if they don't have a problem there, there's not somebody there that they could talk to almost instantly and get something fixed. Or if a, a customer damages something that they don't have a little bit more like flexibility. Uh, yeah. I think things have changed, right? I mean, there's Vero listings, right? There's, if I mean, if I use certain words like one Z or if I use Velcro, like my listing will get pulled. Right. So yeah, I, I, I see that. I think it's, still kind of along what they're saying. Like when I think about Amazon, like Amazon gives hundred percent preferential treatment to the big companies. Right. I mean, Amazon will 
if if there, a company does not like that you're selling their product, Amazon will just hand over all your information to them. And next thing you know, you're getting letters in the mail, right? And from law firms and da da da. eBay, I've been selling on eBay for over a decade. I have never, ever, now, not to say it doesn't happen, but I have no fear on eBay. Yeah, but that isn't that. That's only one aspect of preferential treatment. Yeah, that's, okay, okay, I see what you're but, saying. But, but what I'm saying is, she made it sound like they're getting the exact same opportunities as everybody else. I'm sure that they're getting bulk discounts if they're listing, you know, five thousand items every day. No, and I don't think getting, I don't think anything wrong with that though. No, I'm not saying there is either. I'm just saying the act like they're getting they're paying the exact same amounts, the same fees. They're not getting a break because they're doing a certain amount of volume of stuff. Um, I I don't believe that. Okay, well, she's not the CEO anymore. That's so true. We're good. Maybe maybe back in the day it was, but I, I don't think that's good business practice even. I think you do have to, you know, same thing with shipping, right? Like we talk about if if you're <clears> if you're <throat> shipping in lots of bulk, you should be able to work out some kind of deal with the USPS, right? And big companies do, or or with with the um with UPS, right? Corporations, like if yeah. you if you work for a corporation that ships lots and lots of things, a lot of times they offer Well, that's like, why eBay gives you a greater discount. Yeah. A greater discount. Yeah. Like you, if when you're a top rated seller I yeah. think you get a reduction in fees. Yeah, and I'm sure and I'm sure there's an aspect of it that we don't see as everyday sellers that, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. And again, that's good business practice. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just think to, to frame it that they have the exact same treatment. And I don't know if that's true. Okay. All right, here we go. That's right. And to maintain order in this brave new world, Omidyar developed a feedback system rating customer this? satisfaction. The reputation of a seller is critical. Too many negative comments, and you're banned as an eBay seller forever. eBay does investigate fraud claims, but relies mainly on buyers and sellers to police themselves. I really started the company on the notion that people are basically good, that if you give someone the benefit of the doubt, you're rarely disappointed. How often do people not deliver on their promise? You know, it's it's very rare. Historically, it's been you know 30 out of a million transactions 30 out of a million yeah that that's that's pretty good if that, yeah. that's the case yeah i mean and i don't see that necessarily being too far off i mean those may be where the statistics and i don't who knows what they are now what i was going to say earlier is we were talking about the feedback the feedback forum as if mm-hmm. it was um like the feedback system comment system we have now and a forum would be different because that would just be out in the open like you could like search a seller. So it wouldn't necessarily be like on their account. This looks like this is probably a newer thing that came out after the feedback forum because a forum would be an open place, basically like a place where you can, you know, put up on a wall somewhere like, Hey, this buyer that I bought from or this seller uh, cheated me. They, they shipped broken stuff and they wouldn't return it. Right. And then you could put it up and basically you could almost publicly shame them. And he says, but, but at the same time, make sure to say positive things about people too. So this is more directly, almost like an account, like you're actually providing feedback to an individual account instead of putting it out there in the open, you know, like an open forum. Cause again, who would look at that? Like who's going to be, unless you're like, should I buy this? I'm going to go search the seller. Do they have, has their name been blasted in the past? Um, but you know, this, I think the system now makes obviously a lot more sense. Yeah. But, and the thing is what I, I don't know if it's the same, like right now things have changed. And I think Amazon has forced to change. The reason I say, you know, they're very much talking about that. It's between the buyer and the seller. And for the most part, eBay wants you to resolve things. Like they don't want to get involved, but I, I do feel like with their money back guarantee, right. The fact that, you can choose not to accept returns, but they can still say you must accept the returns. I, I think it's moved away from that. And I think it's it's moved away from that because they kind of don't have options because if 
other platforms are the ones like Poshmark's like it's not between the buyer and the seller. Poshmark makes the decision. Right. If somebody appeals something, it's it's not between the two people. And Poshmark did that on purpose, I believe, because they want to get the pressure off of sellers. I I really I mean I like that eBay. Once you get to top rated seller, it's really up to you. Like e, I think eBay really sides with you, especially if you offer free returns. But I think that some of that has gone away. Just my thoughts. All right. Yeah. Good. On. All right. Here we go. A million? Yeah. Can you challenge Walmart? Well, remember, we have a different business model. I think we can challenge Walmart in terms of the economic activity that takes place on the site. Our business model is to connect buyers and sellers. And so ultimately, our buyers and sellers may do more economic activity than a Walmart, but it is not one group of people deciding what to buy. It is the power of many sellers. Well, that's old school right there. Walmart was the only thing they were worried about. Yeah. Right. Which still is, I mean, probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest uh, brick and mortar retailer around. You know, what's interesting, we, we didn't mention this and I, I dropped the ball on this. So the new eBay CEO was part of the Walmart online commerce, e-commerce. Mm-hmm. I remember Walmart lost, I think, like $2 billion last year, but they're, they were losing it trying to beat Amazon. Yep. Right. So I, I say all that because... With that experience now, I wonder, like, was there a lot learned? Like, hey, we probably shouldn't go down this road anymore. Or was a lot learned like, hey, here's how we can make eBay better. Or maybe, like we've said, and I think I think most people that are whatever YouTube influencers that are resellers would say, like, eBay just needs to do its own thing. Like, we got to stop being like trying to be like Amazon. Yeah, and it makes sense that. Walmart would try and take on Amazon because Amazon is an online Walmart, right? Like not necessarily well, yeah, like Walmart, it, it but it's, is. it's it just it's a it's a retail store where eBay is not a retail store, right? It's it's an online auction house slash store that that can, it's just a broker that's connecting buyers and sellers. So um it makes sense that Walmart would would try and challenge Amazon in that element. I just don't think eBay should just because it's it's just like she said there. eBay might be doing as much or, or cl- getting close to or trying to make as much economic activity, but that doesn't mean that they're going to change their business model because if they change their business model, I mean, who knows what will happen. All right. Now this next clip is super interesting. Let's see it. The power sellers. And thousands of power. successful sellers from all over the world showed up at eBay's first national convention in Anaheim I last how summer. Many people were there. I've been and there the company like, had a reward for its big sellers. Beginning this fall, we'll make it possible for power sellers to access low-cost premium health insurance, including vision, dental, and pharmacy coverage. Great. brought tears to my eyes when I heard that. A fitting reward. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, different time, right? Like, you know, maybe there wasn't as much publicly available that you could buy your own insurance, right? That only through companies. Uh, now, I think a lot of time, I mean, if you're an entrepreneur. Well, that's done now. Oh, yeah. I mean, with the Affordable Care Act, it's not an option anymore. Yeah, exactly. So um, now everybody has to buy insurance and there's a market to buy insurance. So if you're if you're a full-time reseller that doesn't have a uh, another opportunity, another job that's offering that as kind of deferred income that you can use as, as you know, a benefit, then yeah, you need to... Uh, you need to purchase insurance and it'd be nice if you could get it through another platform, but there's already so many platforms out there competing. I think it'd be hard for eBay to take on the liability of trying to compete 
uh, to offer insurance cheaper than these other mar- open markets are already competing to offer insurance at, and and get your business. Uh, and so maybe it makes sense that they don't do that uh, primarily because somebody's got to pay for that, right? Like eBay's got a bottom line that they're trying to meet. And if they all of a sudden have to pay out a percentage of that to their top sellers, which again, I don't think a I power think it would seller- hurt eBay. What's that? Doing that would hurt eBay. Oh yeah, it, well, but Oof. but see the thing is, if it's going to hurt eBay, eBay is going to have to raise fees, they're going to have to raise prices in order to keep that bottom line where it is, which is ultimately going to hurt sellers, right? And sellers aren't going to be able to sell the same, so it's going to hurt buyers, right? So it would just have a trickle down effect. You got to think of like what when that domino falls, what falls next? And so yeah, we could kind of dream and say it'd be nice if eBay offered a 401k, right? But <laughs> at the same time, it's not their job and they do to people who are employed by eBay. You're, you're not employed by eBay, right? You are employed by yourself if you're doing this full time. So. I, yeah. But I do like the, uh, if, if there was an option, I, I would like to, I mean, it's, I think the option is nice. I think options are always nice. I, it, to me, it, and it's interesting. I actually pulled up old school information and, you know, even eBay was concerned. Like eBay said, now you can't pull this up. Now this is the back in the day when being a power seller mattered. Like now it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Now top rated seller did away with all of that. Right. That's why you might get something that says power seller and you got like a bronze star or whatever. I, I mean, I don't know, maybe it means something, but everything I've learned doesn't mean anything. Let us know in the comments. I know some of you that would listen to our podcast and you should get certificates in the mail that you could put on your fridge once you reach a certain set. It's true. Nice. true. All right. So they said, Healthcare insurance is a very complicated issue, varying greatly by state and type of coverage and the healthcare solutions program Marsh Advantage America has worked to find plans that are available in as many states as possible, along with providing the unique situation of a small business owner. Power sellers are not employees of eBay, and therefore the insurance coverage cannot be supplement- supplemented as in many employer slash employee relationships. So I, I think I think it was nice. I mean, I, I remember when I first caught that, I was like, that would be pretty awesome. But then I started thinking about Health insurance, the yeah, the impact it would have, like, yeah, you're right. Like, you think about we we people complain about ten percent to try to cover everybody, especially when you know you bring in all kinds of different scenarios. Like, you could be in for a mess. So, yeah. all right, all right, here we go. I think this is uh, getting close to the end here. Fitting reward for all the average Americans who started new businesses on eBay in the past few years. The mom and pop outfits were selling treasures from the attic, the garage, or wherever else they find it. They are the backbone of eBay. They think you work for them. And we they do. They think they are eBay. Well, you know what? They are. And we actually do work for them. Um, that is not a myth. That's not a PR spin. That actually happens to be the case. And it's the soul of eBay. Corporate, but populist, too. Yes. By the people, for the people. And of the people. Yeah, I I think what's good about that, um, I mean, the reality is it makes sense because their platform, their tr- they, and we've talked probably ad nauseum about the, the differences between Amazon and eBay, so I'm not going to even bring that up. But um, the same things we've talked about there apply. But eBay, as as kind of working as a broker, they're trying to get business. They want to bring in people, and they they do kind of work, and we pay a fee, right? Like any business, like if you get your car washed, if you go anywhere you go and you're getting a service provided, that's what eBay's doing. eBay's providing a service. And so the customer and the seller both are coming together, and eBay's acting as the as the service provider for both of those, those groups. And so it makes sense that, you know, people would kind of have that feeling of, 
eBay works for me because I'm using your platform, you know, and, and, or I could go to somewhere else, right? Maybe at that time there wasn't a somewhere else, but there's other platforms you can use now. And so platforms have to kind of fight to get people to be on there. And so that's why they offer as many things they can do. They try and lower fees or whatever they do in order to keep people coming to them uh, because they're a service. They're providing a service. Yeah. And again, to me, it, it's very clear. Like, I, and I've said this many times, like eBay has is very seller centric. Yeah. Cause we're their customer. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, we have talked and we have talked ad nauseum about the differences, but I, I think eBay has continued to keep those grassroots. And I, and I hope that as we move forward after these 25 years, I, I hope that's still the case. Uh, you know, I do miss eBay. We've talked about missing eBay open and obviously because the pandemic, we can't even do eBay upfront or any of that. But, but, but the beauty of it is, is that, yeah, I can choose what I want to sell. There's very few restrictions, right? Yeah. There's, you know, obviously there's, there's, you know, gatekeepers to make sure that people aren't selling junk or whatever, but overall there is an opportunity for every single, it is of the people by the people. Like if you want to be new to selling and reselling, which is the same thing, but if, if you want to get into this game, we still, I, I don't know if Mike has changed his mind, but since episode one, I think eBay is the first place. Now there are other platforms out there. Don't get me wrong, but there isn't a platform that you can get as many eyes on your item, a platform that allows you to sell international with very few problems. If you go eBay global shipping and overall, like there's, there's so many people that do eBay. There's so much information out there. It's definitely doable. Right. And you don't have to do all the other things that other platforms require. So anyways, Hopefully this was encouraged. Hopefully this motivated you that people have been doing this for a while and you can definitely get into it yourself. Yeah. Here's to the next 25 years, eBay. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. All right. Anyways, with that being said, Hey, hopefully you found this at least, you know, some value or entertaining, or at least helped you to listen to the background and not feel alone. I bought on eBay. And on that note, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Please. Please.